Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm Carrick Butler, the pastor of Faith Christian Center. Thanks for tuning in today. We believe today's message is going to help you live this lifestyle of faith. It's going to empower you to live a life that makes Jesus famous wherever you go. Open up your heart. We know God has something special just for you. And we believe that as you listen to today's message, something good is going to happen to you. So listen up. I'll talk to you today at the end of our broadcast. Welcome back. I know as you took that time to praise and worship God, only the atmosphere of your home has even changed. The presence of God has increased in your home. So we can get before God in prayer and go right into the Word. So let's pray. Father, we thank you because you are good. Your mercy endures forever. We thank you that you're with us. You never, lead us, le never leave us nor forsake us. So we thank you for your presence increasing in our lives and our places and our homes in an ever-increasing way right now. Father, I need your help. As I, we take this time and I share with your people, I pray, Father, for our eyes to be open our ears to be open, our hearts to be open, so we receive what you have for us today. Father, I only want to say what I hear you say, I only want to do what I see you do, so that Jesus may be glorified, lifted high, and made famous in our lives. As always, Holy Ghost, have your way. I turn this time over to you. Work upon every single heart. Let no one leave this experience the same. Father, I pray that people's lives will be transformed forever by the power of the Word and the power of your Spirit tonight. I give you all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. See, I take eyes to see. I take ears to hear. I forgive everybody of everything. I receive supernatural debt cancellation. The word of God that I'm about to receive will enable me and empower me to make Jesus famous in my everyday life. Amen. So before we jump right into the message, there's a couple of things I want to let you know. One of the things the team has been working hard doing is we've been calling every single person that we have on our membership list just checking on you to see how you're doing. And some of you might say, well, Pastor, I haven't gotten a call yet. Well, if you haven't gotten a call yet, it's most likely we have an old or wrong updated number for you. So one of the things we'll share at the end of the broadcast is the number you can text so that you can give us updated information so we can reach out to you and check on you. We just want to make sure that you're doing good, love on you, pray with you, and be a blessing to you. Amen? And then so... One of the things the Lord shared with us a few weeks ago was about how we're going to come out of this time better than we went into it. And so, here's what I want your help with. I, mean, I want you to pick the title of this series, because we're going to do part one today, and it'll go over for the next few midweeks. I want you to pick the title of the series. You ready? Here's two options. Some of you prefer more gra grammatically correct series titles. And so we can call this series Better, hashtag better. Some of you prefer a different type of series title, and so the other selection is Mo Better. So what are you voting for right now? What do you want this series called? So either you can comment below if you're on Facebook or on YouTube, comment hashtag better or hashtag Mo Better. Whichever one, go ahead and comment below. Let me know which one you want to call this series by. I'll give you a few seconds as you comment below. Hashtag better. Hashtag MoBet. Because either way, we're coming out of this time better than we went in. We're coming out of this time more better than we went in because God is good. His mercy endures forever. And He has promised us that we'll come out better. And so we're going to look through the scriptures to make sure that we're doing our part so we can come out better. Amen? And so you have to ask yourself these questions What do you want to be better at when this time is over? Now, some of you say, Pastor, I want to be better at everything. Well, a lot of times we say things like that, and let's just keep it honest. We say things, I want to be better at everything, but after the season's over, we're better at nothing. 
You've heard of people who are a jack of all trades but a master of none. So you need to be specific. What do you want to be better at when this time is over? Whatever it is, write it down. Whether you put it in your phone, whether you have a notebook or a journal, write it down. What do you want to be better at when this time is over? Then this is another question you need to take to prayer. What does God need you to be better at when this time is over? What does God want you to be better at when this time is over? I'm sure if you ask him, he'll share some things he wants you to improve in. And whatever those answers are, you need to write it down. We need to stop being so general with things and become very specific. You'll hear me share about it later in this message to see why it's so important. Because a lot of times we say general things so that, you know, we don't get our hopes up and we really don't use our faith. So if it doesn't happen, we're not really disappointed because we didn't put that much into it. We need to be specific. So what do you want to be better at when this time is over? And what does God need you to be better at when this time is over? Those answers, I want you to write it down. So even when you go, before you go to bed tonight, write it down. When you wake up in the morning, pray about it. Write it down. It's going to help you on your quest to come out better. To come out better, you're going to need the wisdom of God. To come out of this time better than you went in, you will need the wisdom of God. So let's go to Psalm 111, verse 10. Psalm 111, verse 10. And we'll look at the wisdom of God tonight because you're going to need it if you're going to come out better. So let's give a definition for wisdom as we start. Wisdom can be defined as the correct application of experience, knowledge, and good judgment. Wisdom can be defined as the correct application of experience, knowledge, and good judgment. You know, a lot of people can have experience. A lot of people can have knowledge. But if you don't correctly apply it, it's no good. You know, there's a lot of people who are book smart but don't know how to apply what they learn from their books. So you need wisdom so you can correctly apply the information and the knowledge and the experience you have. So Psalm 111, verse 10. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endures forever. Now, when we talk about the fear of the Lord, it's not saying being afraid of God is the beginning of wisdom. No, it's not. You being afraid of God is not the beginning of your wisdom. You being afraid of God means you won't trust him, use your faith in him, or love him. You may do things that are right and some things that are described as holy because you're afraid of being zapped by a lightning bolt. But that's not what the scripture is talking about. That is not the fear of the Lord. There's a lot of people who think they operate in the fear of the Lord because they're scared of God and they're not operating in the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord, when you look into this word, is defined as reverence. It's respect towards God. So the wisdom of God starts with reverencing God or respecting God in his ways. And so when God says something in Scripture, do this or don't do that, because you respect God enough, you agree with it. But even though the experts or whoever you follow on social media may say, well, no, I think I should do this, you should do that. But if you find it in the Word of God, and the Word says you should do this, that, or the other, you respect God enough that so you know what I'm going to do what God wants me to do because I have reverence towards him. I respect him. I may not understand it. He didn't say you have to understand everything. You may not understand what God is telling you to do, but because you respect him enough, you do it because you have reverence towards him. So wisdom begins with respect or reverence towards God. If you want to operate in the wisdom of God, you need to reverence God 
and his ways. You remember, he is still the most high God. He is still the almighty God. He is still the creator God. He is the great God, and we need to have reverence and respect towards him and remember who he is. A lot of times people don't have respect towards God because they see God even a lot of Christians, they see God as some little miniature being, and they see their problems and the devil as some huge giant. And it's hard for you to have respect towards God because you, you can tell how big your God is by what you talk, how you talk, what you're saying. How big is your God? A lot of Christians have a tiny little God who sits on their shoulder and have a big devil they're facing. And you can tell because it's like, oh, you know, the devil did this. Oh, the devil beat me running. Oh, the devil did this. Oh, I beat the devil running. Oh, the devil did this. Oh, the virus this, the problem this, the economy this. And they're talking about all their problems, and you listen to them all day long. It's problem after problem after problem after problem after problem, and you really hear no mention of God. It's, oh, I made it by the grace of God, but then they talk about the problems all the time. They throw in a religious phrase every once in a while to remind you, okay, they've been to church sometime in their life, but they glorify and make big their problems and they don't talk about how big their God is. And so that would lead me to question, do you really have reverence towards God? Do you really have respect towards God? We see you don't have any faith or trust there, but do you really reverence God? Because if your God is really tiny, you're going to act like he's tiny. And if you, in your mind, think he's tiny compared to what you're facing, then your respect to what his word says for you to do will be tiny as well. And you'll begin to think, I need to do what I got to do to make it. And you won't even consider the word of God because you believe you serve a tiny God. You say, well, I don't believe that, Pastor, but your mouth and your actions say you do. There's a lot of Christians who are philosophical. They're not philosophical atheists, but they're practical atheists. You know, there are atheists who, for philosophical reasons, they don't believe in God. But there's a lot of Christians who, philo philosophically, they believe in God. They can give you all the mental reasons why they believe in God, but they act like there's no God. Don't have a tiny little God. Your God is great. He's the almighty God. He is the creator God. He is the most high God. He created everything. Have reverence to who he is and the strength and the power and the greatness of who he is. And take that same respect and following his word and believing that his wisdom and his power can make a difference in your situation. So wisdom begins with having that healthy respect, that reverence towards God, who he is, his greatness, and his ways. Now let's go to Proverbs chapter 1, the book of wisdom. Proverbs chapter 1. One of the things I love about different chapters of Proverbs when it talks about wisdom, it personifies wisdom in such a relatable way. It says in Proverbs chapter 1 verse 20, Wisdom cries out, or without, she utters her voice in the streets. She cries, wisdom, personified here, in the chief place of concourse, in the openings of the gates, in the city she utters her words, saying, How long, you simple ones, will love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. You know, if you want to read it in the K2 translation, it's, How long will stupid people be stupid? That's what wisdom is crying out. So notice what God is saying about wisdom here, the wisdom of God. It's not that it doesn't want to be found. Wisdom wants to be found. It is calling out to everybody. 
It's a tugging at your spirit that you know there's more. You know it's a better way. But will you answer the tug of wisdom? Will you answer the call of wisdom? The wisdom of God is out there and it wants to be found. But will you answer the call of wisdom? See, know what it says in the next verse? Turn you at my reproof, at my correction, at my rebuke. Turn. Then it goes, I will pour out my spirit unto you. That's if you turn or you answer and you obey the correction. I will make known my words unto you because I have called and you refused. I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. But you have said at night all my counsel and when none of my reproof. I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear comes, when your fear comes as desolation and your destruction comes as the whirlwind. When distress and anguish comes upon you, then shall you call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me, for they hated knowledge and they did not choose the reverence or the fear of the Lord. They were none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whoso hearkens unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from the fear of evil. So wisdom is calling. Wisdom is calling you right now. The wisdom of God is calling you right now. You may be watching and you're saved. The wisdom is calling you right now. You may not even made a decision for Jesus, but the wisdom of God is calling you right now. Now, will you just hit, nope, I ain't answering. Nope, I'm not answering. Now, some of us, you know, we think, man, if I hit hang up after the first ring, then they know that I rejected the call. So some of us have gotten really skilled. It's like, well, let me ring to about two or three rings, and then they'll just think I'm not there. Or it's like, you know what, let me put the phone down and just wait for it to finish ringing, and it goes straight to voicemail. And, you know, we do different reasons why we don't answer people's calls that way. But do we treat the wisdom of God that way? Come on, do we treat the wisdom of God like it's a telemarketer? That you don't know this phone call? You know, sometimes on my phone it says spam risk, so you know it's a telemarketer. So do we just you know, ignore, deny? Do we treat the wisdom of God that way? That the wisdom of God is calling to us, telling us there's a better way, there's a different way to live. But for whatever reason, maybe because our own ignorance, our own fear, our own background, things we saw hurt in our lives, for whatever reason we hit deny, we reject the call. And what Proverbs 1 tells us, when we reject the call of wisdom and we begin to do things our own way, it will lead us to a path of destruction. And we don't want that path. We want the path that wisdom has for us. And it says that if we heed the call of wisdom, we'll dwell safely and shall be quiet from the fear of evil. And when we turn, because the wisdom of God will correct us. Not all the wisdom of God has shown you what to do. It will correct some things you've been doing. And when the wisdom of God corrects you and says, you know what, I do need to fix that area. God, help me, I'll fix that area. When you make that choice, the spirit of wisdom is poured upon you. And then you know the words that wisdom has for you. So when wisdom corrects you, it may be correcting you in this message right now. It may correct you as you go to sleep. When you wake up in the morning, it'll be correcting you. The wisdom of God is always reaching out to you. When you yield to its correction or you tell the correction of wisdom, yes, then you'll receive more wisdom. Some say, well, I've been praying for wisdom, and it's good to pray for wisdom. We'll get to that later. But if you don't obey what wisdom has already been saying, you won't receive more. If you haven't yielded to the correction of wisdom, you won't receive more. So one, wisdom is out there. It wants to be found, but we must yield to its correction. We must yield to its rebuke, and we must start with the reverence for God if we want to receive and operate in 
wisdom. So let's go to Proverbs chapter 2. We're going to start with verse 1, right where we left off. It says, My son, if you will receive my words and hide my commandments with you, so that you incline your ear into wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. So if you keep putting the word in your heart, you're going to incline your ear into wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yea, if you cry after knowledge and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you shall understand the reverence or the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. Out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He lays up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He's keep, he keeps the path of judgment and preserves the way of his saints. Then shall you understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. When wisdom enters into your heart and knowledge is pleasant unto your soul, discretion shall preserve you, understanding shall keep you, to deliver you from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaks forward things, who leave the paths of uprightness and to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice to do evil and delight in the forwardness of the wicked, whose ways are crooked and they forward in their paths, to deliver you from the strange woman, even from the stranger which flatters with her words. So one of the things that you see about wisdom that you have to operate by wisdom. One of the things, especially the first part of chapter 2, is that you have to want it. You have to go after it. It's not like, a, okay, God, I want wisdom. Okay, I'll wait for the wisdom to show up. No, you have to go after it. You have to desire it. Wisdom wants to be found. It starts with the reverence of God, but you must go after wisdom and desire wisdom and seek wisdom. And you see that as you receive wisdom, it'll preserve you, it'll keep you, It'll deliver you, and it'll keep you from the traps of the enemy. But we see here, you have to go after the wisdom of God. You have to desire it. It's like what Jesus said in the Gospels. For those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. If you want wisdom, you got to be hungry for it. If you want wisdom, you have to be thirsty for it. You have to desire it and go after the wisdom of God. It's not something you just sit back and wait to happen. It's not saying you just sit there and say, well, maybe I'll get wise one day. No. Some people say, well, you get wiser as you grow older. Not everybody. You know, a young fool's bad, an old fool is worse. You know, there's a scripture in the book of Job that when Job's three friends are trying to give him advice about a situation, all three friends are wrong and Job is wrong, the fourth friend speaks up. And he says, you know what, I've been quiet for a long time because you guys are older than me, and I just thought that, you know, with years, he calls them old there, with a lot of years comes wisdom. But I see that I was wrong, and years does not mean you receive wisdom. He says, but it's the spirit that comes from God that gives wisdom. So you have to go after wisdom. Don't just wait for wisdom to show up. You have to go after the wisdom of God if you want the wisdom of God. Let's go just a couple chapters over, Proverbs chapter 4. We're looking at the wisdom of God because if we're going to come out of the season better, we need the wisdom of God. Once again, who wants to come out better? Come on, comment better below if you want to come out better. We're believing the word of God. God told us. That will come out of the season better. We shared the word that the Lord gave to our bishop that will come out of the season better. And we shared a couple Sundays ago what's going to happen when God brings you out. So God has his part to do, but you also have your part to do. We must operate in the wisdom of God. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 5. Get wisdom. Man, that's some. Get understanding. Forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not. Wisdom. Because wisdom shall preserve you. Love her, love wisdom, and wisdom shall keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. 
Therefore, get wisdom, and with all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt wisdom, and wisdom shall promote you. Wisdom shall bring you to honor when you do embrace her. Wisdom is something you must be after. Once again, it says here in a def- different way, you must go after wisdom. You must embrace wisdom. It says elsewhere in the Proverbs, you keep wisdom close, like there's a close family member. You do not let wisdom get by. You need to go after wisdom every day of your life. You need the wisdom of God, especially if you want to come out of the season better than you went in. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 3. Verse 19. It says, The Lord by wisdom has founded the earth. By understanding has he established the heavens. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 8. So God laid the foundations of this earth in wisdom. Proverbs chapter 8. We need the wisdom of God. And we'll get back to what we said in Proverbs 3 and 19 in a moment. Let's just start pretty early in this chapter. Let's go to chapter 8, verse 11. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all things that may be desired are not to be com- to compared with it. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. So if you want prudence and the knowledge of witty inventions, you need the wisdom, the wisdom of God. The reverence or the fear of the Lord is to hate evil pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the forward mouth do I hate. The reverence of God hates it, but so does the wisdom of God. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. The wisdom of God can give you strength. It'll give you counsel and sound understanding. By me, kings reign and princes decree justice. By me, princes rules and nobles, even all the judges of the earth. We are royalty. We are kings and priests. Jesus made us kings and priests unto our God. It says we are to reign in life. That's what it tells us in Romans. But in order to do that, we need to reign by the wisdom of God. There's wisdom to help your decrees. There's wisdom to help you live in the royalty that Jesus purchased for you on the cross and through his resurrection. Wisdom says, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Riches and honor are with me, wisdom. Yea, durable, lasting riches and righteousness. So the riches that come with wisdom will not cause you to compromise your Christianity. The riches that come with wisdom will not cause you to compromise your righteousness. So you can't say, oh, they're just filthy rich. No, you're holy and rich because of the wisdom of God. Notice also what it says. My fruit, what I produce, is better than gold. Yea, fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. So what I produce, the revenue, the increase I bring is better than the finest of gold and the finest of silver. I lead in the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of judgment, that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance, and I will fill their treasures. The wisdom of God, if you love the wisdom of God, it will cause you to inherit substance. It will cause you to increase. It will fill your treasures. 
He's, wisdom goes on and says, The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way before his works of old. I was set up from everlasting from the beginning or, or ever the earth was. Where there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills was I brought forth. While I, as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part, or the dust of the world, when he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the depth, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave the seed to his decree that the water should not pass his commandment, when he appointed the foundations of the earth, then I was by him as one brought up with them, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the habitable part of the earth, and my delights were with the sons of men. So wisdom was there from the beginning. God created everything by the wisdom of God. So if you want to walk as a king, if you want to walk as a queen, if you want to walk as royalty, walk as God attended you, walk as a child of God in this time, you need to do it by the wisdom of God because the wisdom of God will show you how things were created, why they're created, and how you can make the things in the earth produce for you. Think of people like George Washington Carver who could take a peanut and cause it to produce all these different things and to take different things and make it produce. Why? God gave him insight. God gave him wisdom, and he took something on the earth that people would overlook and made it produce. There are things in your life that you may overlook, that people may overlook, but with the wisdom of God, you can make it produce. Say, I need. Say, I must have. Say, I greatly desire the wisdom of God. As we said, the wisdom of God starts with reverence towards God. Reverence towards who he is, his power, and his ways. You must want it. You must go after it. You must desire it. It's by the wisdom of God that God created everything and laid the foundations of the world. Now, therefore, hearken unto me, O ye children, for blessed are they which keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise, or refuse it not. Blessed is the man that hears me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my doors. For whoso finds me finds life and shall obtain the favor of the Lord. But he who sins against me wrongs his own soul, and all they that hate me love death. You need the wisdom of God, and you must go after it every single day. The gates are talking about the influential parts of the city. So if you want to walk in the influence that God has for you, you need the wisdom of God. And you must go after it every single day. Whatever time your day starts, whether you have your essential work in your day starts later or starts earlier, whether you're at home and, you know, you started your day as your homeschooling kids, all these other things are going on. When you start the day, you need to start by getting the wisdom of God. You know, some of you are homeschooling your kids and they're at home. So do you know what? You should start the day with them going after the wisdom of God, believing for the wisdom of God, because wisdom is the principal thing. And it's not saying that adults get wisdom. Everybody get the wisdom from God. You're going to need it if you want to come out of the season better than you went in. Praise God. Let's go to the next chapter, Romans, I mean, Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. The fear of the reverence of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of holy is understanding. For by me, by wisdom, the days, your days, shall be multiplied, and the years of your life shall be increased. You can lengthen your life by the wisdom of God and make sure that it is a good life. So by the wisdom of God, you can increase your life and make it a good life. By the wisdom of God, God created everything. It was through wisdom, right? Now, you said, man, I need access to that wisdom, and guess what? You have it, because when you go to John chapter 1. 
In verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by him, Jesus. And without him, Jesus was not anything made that was made. So when God created the world, he was creating it through Jesus. The Father was creating it through the Son. But then when you look at something very interesting in 1 Corinthians, it says that Jesus was made to us wisdom, righteousness, and sanctification. Jesus was made to us righteousness, wisdom, sanctification, and redemption. 1 Corinthians 1.30. Jesus, who the Father through the Son created everything. And we understand he created everything by the wisdom of God. Through Jesus, we have access to that same wisdom. The same wisdom that God used to make everything to form everything, to lay the foundations of everything. The same wisdom that keeps the world running. You have to understand, what type of wisdom is this extreme wisdom that with all the mistakes mankind has made for thousands of years to this planet, that this planet is still going? Think about that wisdom. And you have access to that wisdom through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So since we have access to the wisdom, we might as well get it. Let's go to James chapter 1. So we see that it starts with reverence towards God. So we need to have respect towards God, who he is and who in his ways. Respect for his greatness. We need to desire it. We need to go after it. We need to listen to its rebuke and to its correction and obey it. James chapter 1. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given unto him. Now, when you look in context, James is talking to a group of believers who are in a time of pressure because of persecution. They're dealing with pressure right now that has hit their lives. They have fled where they were living. They're going through different situations, and they need the wisdom of God. They're in a tight spot. So what's going to get them out of this tight spot? The wisdom of God. So James tells them, if you lack wisdom, ask of God. Thy gives to all men liberally, and upbraid of not, and shall be given him. Now, don't just pray, God, I ask you to give me wisdom for my day. That's a good place to start. But after you start there, you need to get specific. What do you want wisdom for for this day? Do you need wisdom for that meeting you have to be on? Do you need wisdom when it comes to homeschooling your kids? Do you need wisdom how to relate to your spouse? Do you need wisdom concerning your finances? Do you need wisdom concerning the stimulus check? Do you need wisdom concerning your investments? Do you need wisdom concerning your debts? Do you need wisdom? What do you need wisdom for? Be specific and ask God for that wisdom. Don't say, God, just give me wisdom. No, be specific so you can use your faith and target it and you can see when it comes to pass. Be specific. Father, I need your wisdom today when it comes to walking my kids through this process, through this class. I need your wisdom today when it comes to managing my finances. Father, I ask your wisdom for today when it concerns what I need to invest for today. Be specific. We said, identify the areas where you want to get better, where God needs to get you better. Now ask specifically for the wisdom. How do I get better in this area, sir? How do I get better in this area, sir? Don't just run off and do your own plan. Be specific. How? God, give me these steps. At least give me the first step so I can operate by your wisdom and come out of this time better than I went in. So you ask and know that God's not going to say, see, you should have known this already. He's not going to check you for asking for wisdom. He's not going to hold back wisdom from you. He says he gives to everybody liberally and upright if not. And it's going to be given to you. But here's how you ask for wisdom. Verse 6. 
but let him ask in faith. So some of you just praying for general wisdom don't get it because you're not really praying in faith. Ask specifically for the wisdom you need and ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavers like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man, the man who doesn't ask in faith, the man who wavers, think he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is stable in all his, unstable in all his ways. So think of it like this. You pray for wisdom. You get specific. And you ask God for it. And you thank God for it. And you say amen. Five seconds later, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how we're going to make it. Wait a minute. You just prayed for wisdom. But then the next words out of your mouth were, I don't know what I'm going to do. You are unstable. You're double-minded. You have to ask in faith. Meaning, but by the time you say amen, you say, Father, I thank you that I have this wisdom. And you just rejoice before him and you thank him for it. And what else do you do after that, Pastor? You take some time and pray it out in the spirit. You pray in tongues. Father, I pray out the wisdom of God. I pray out your answer. You spend time praising God. He said, well, what if someone asks me a question and I don't know what to do? Then just say, very honestly, I don't know what to do yet, but I know soon. Don't say, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know that you're going to have the wisdom of God when you need it, and you can make the right decision. So they say, I don't know yet, but I'll know soon. You stay in the place of faith. But if you go back and forth from, yes, God, I ask for the wisdom of God, I receive your wisdom, and oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to make it. You go back and forth. It says you're like the wave of the sea being tossed back and forth by the wind. See, a lot of us are tossed back and forth by the wind of the media, the wind of the politicians, the wind of social media, the wind of the reports we hear. And so we're going back and forth. We're in faith one moment, unbelief the next. Faith, unbelief, faith, unbelief. Talks back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then people wonder, why does this faith stuff not work for me? It's not that faith doesn't work. It's that you're back and forth. And the scripture says clearly, if you're always back and forth, don't think you're going to receive anything from God. Because a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. But you know what that scripture also lets me know? A single-minded man is stable in all his ways. So that if you make a decision, I'm staying in the place of faith. I'm not getting into unbelief. I'm not getting into waves of darkness. I'm not letting the wind of the media, wind of politicians, wind of social media, wind of bad reports push me into unbelief. I'm staying in the place of faith. You will become stable in all your ways because you're operating by faith and the wisdom of God. So a couple other things as we close. So get specific in praying for your wisdom. This is something you should start your day asking for wisdom specifically for the different areas that are coming up in your day. And you could even afterwards, you finish that prayer, say, Father, there's some things that I don't know quite what's about to happen today. You know where my day is going. So the things I don't know about, I ask that you grant me the wisdom for. The things I don't even know to ask about, I ask that you grant me wisdom for that. And then you used to take some time praying in the Holy Ghost, and you'll pray about those areas, and you'll have that wisdom when you need it. You know, one of the two prayers I tell you guys to pray every single day, the Ephesians 1 prayer and the Colossians 1 prayer. And we're going to point out two of the verses in those prayers. Ephesians chapter 1, looking at verse 17. It says, one of the things that you pray, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of him, that your eyes of your understanding be enlightened. So you want to increase in the wisdom of God, you want to go after the wisdom of God, you need to pray that Ephesians 1 prayer. Then the Colossians 1 prayer, looking at verse 9. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So you can be filled with the knowledge of his will for your life, specifically. 
with all wisdom and spiritual understanding. You need to pray for that prayer for yourself and your family and your church and your pastor every single day. So these, that's how we pray for wisdom. Now I want to close here looking at Exodus 28. And it's something that when you study the Bible, there's something called the law of the first mention. And the first time a subject is mentioned in the Bible, then when you define it and look at the situation, it gives context to the rest of the times it's mentioned in the Bible. And it's the first time wisdom is mentioned in the Word of God. It's Exodus 28, verse 3. God talking to Moses concerning the building of the tabernacle and the priestly ministry of Aaron and his sons. And God tells him in verse 3, And you shall speak to all those who are wise-hearted, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. Now skip over to chapter 31. Verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, See, I have called Bezaleel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God, and wisdom, and an understanding, and knowledge, and all manner of workmanship, to devise cunning works, to work in gold, and silver, and brass, and in the cutting of stones, to set them in the carving of timber, and to work all the manner of workmanship. And I, behold, have given with him Aholiab, the son of Ashimach, of the tribe of Dan. And in the hearts of all that are wise-hearted, I have put wisdom that they may make all that I have commanded you. So notice something else about the wisdom of God in the law of first mention. The wisdom of God will help you correctly apply the skills God has given you. So God identified those people. These are people who I've given these skills. I filled them with the spirit of wisdom. And Moses, you have this job before you. Moses, you have this assignment that I've given you. But these people are going to help you carry it out because I gave them wisdom. I filled them with my wisdom. And I've given them these skills. So these people are already operating by skills God has given them. They had made their craft, they had made their living by the skills that God has been in them, had already put on the inside of them. They were filled with the Spirit of God and filled with wisdom for the purpose of creativity and using their skills to create and to make things. Each one of us, everybody watching right now, you have some type of skill from God. Some of you don't know them all and some of you know some of them. But you have skills on the inside. And you guys got revealed to me some skills that I haven't tapped into or haven't used to its fullest. I haven't used it to its fullest extent. And through increasing in the wisdom of God, you'll learn how to correctly apply the skills God has given you so that you can create what he wants you to create in your life. You have skills. You have talents. You have abilities. You have giftings. You have anointings. But to operate them to their highest extent, you need the wisdom of God. And if you operate by the wisdom of God, you're going to come out of this time better than you went in. You're going to come out in a higher way, in a better way. So start with having healthy reverence and respect towards God, to his greatness and to his ways. Go after wisdom every single day. Make it your desire. Yield to the correction and the rebuke of wisdom. Pray for wisdom. Be specific in the wisdom you're requesting. Ask for the wisdom so that you can manage your skills correctly. And thank God that you have access to this wisdom through Jesus. Ask in faith. Stop saying, I don't know what I'm going to do. Say, I know what I'm going to do because God directs my steps. And as you operate in the wisdom of God, you understand that you've been redeemed from guessing. And God will lead you every single step of the way. Amen. Well, let me pray for you real quick. Father, thank you for every single person who listened to this message. I thank you for them. 
And I thank you that wisdom is calling out for them. Help them yield to the call of wisdom in every area of their life. Reveal to them the areas that you need them to get better in and help them come up with the steps they need to get better in the areas that are on their heart so they can operate by wisdom. Father, I thank you that you give wisdom. So on their behalf right now, I ask that you give them wisdom and insight and knowledge and understanding so we come out of this time better than we went in. In Jesus' name. Well, we, I want to pray for some other people right now. You may have never made Jesus the Lord of your life. You may have never asked him to come into your heart. See, there is a heaven, there is a hell. It's not up to God who goes there, it's up to you. It's your choice. Will you choose Jesus or will you reject him? It's really that simple. Because not choosing him, ignoring him, is the same as rejecting him. The only thing that gets you in heaven is receiving Jesus. The only thing that sends people to hell is rejecting him. So today is the day of salvation. I want you to choose Jesus. Or you might say, I chose Jesus, but I've walked away. I've been doing all these things. And I know I need to come back to God. And, you know, so I realize that I haven't been reverencing him in my life. I've been living my own way. I know I need to come back to God. First John 1 John 1.9 says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So as I pray right now, you confess your sins and come back to God. And if you've never made that decision for Jesus, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Meet it from the bottom of your heart, and you will be born again. You will be saved. Heaven will be home. So let's pray. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he died for me, but on the third day, you raised him from the dead. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit and help me to live this Christian life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you just prayed that prayer for the first time, we just came back to God, I want you to comment below and let us know. And we just want to celebrate you. My connection team wants to reach out to you and encourage you in this new lifestyle of faith. Or if you're in a place where you can't comment, just email us at info at FCCGA.com. That's info at FCCGA.com. Congratulations on the decision that you've made. Now we're going to have our time of giving to close out a midweek experience. So you can give online by going to FCCGA.com. As you see on your screen, you can give by text. You can text to FCCGA to 73256. That's FCCGA to 73256. Once again, you can give by text by texting FCCGA to 73256. Or you can give online at FCCGA.com. Thank you for your faithful generosity. Thank you for all those who have been giving via text and online and via mail. Your giving helps your church keep going forward even during these times as we're committed to ignite an awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus. So thank you for your giving. Let me pray over you real quick. Father, thank you for every tithe and offering being given. I thank you for your promises. You are more than enough. So we say as individuals, as families, as a church, we have more than enough. As we present these unto you, we receive our biblical return, and we give you the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. I love you. I'll see you this week. God bless. Thanks for watching today. We hope today's message was a blessing to you that it empowered you to make Jesus famous in every area of your life. Hey, if you want to be a part of what God's doing here at Faith, you know, our vision statement is to ignite an awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus. And we'd love for you to be a part. You can find out our different experience times and our different locations by going to FCCGA.com. If you want to give, you can text FCCGA to 73256. You can also go to FCCGA.com to give online and be a part of what God's doing here. We'd love to see you anytime you're in our area. We believe God has something good just for you. And anytime you come to our faith experience, we believe you will experience God and his plan for your life. So thank you for tuning in today. We'll see you next time.